You're listening to the You Don't Know Me Yet Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's DJ Vaughn and I'm here with a special guest. She's an entrepreneur, uh, entertainment manager, TV star, and so much more. Uh, and also she's my fellow Pisces, Miss right. Yandy Smith-Harris. <laughs> Yandy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank show. you for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, and for, for those who don't know, I met uh, Yandy recently, you know, and the, despite everything, uh, you know, the, the, and you mentioned this too uh, in some of your past uh, interviews with like the reality TV show background. Oftentimes, the shows get, get just like you know, just a bad rap, yeah. uh, in my opinion. Uh, but you just have like literally, Yandy, you have like some of the best energy. Uh, and so, you know, again, I just want to make sure that you get your flowers there. I definitely want to get into everything that you have going on, but first. I always like to open up the show so that people can get a better understanding of who our guests are. So if you don't mind, you know, I know your background, but for those who aren't as familiar with it, can you talk about where you come from and literally how you got started in the industry? Sure. So I am in Atlanta now by way of Harlem, New York. I came from very humble beginnings. I'm from Grant Projects in Harlem. Um, And if you know anything about Harlem, 125th Street is like the mecca of Harlem. There was so much entertainment around me. I am two blocks from the Cotton Club and about four blocks from the Apollo. So it was kind of in my DNA and built in to be in an entertainment space. Um, Once a week, we could go to the Apollo if we wanted to, to see new amateur acts get on the stage, or we can go down the block to the Cotton Club and just listen to some new arts perform. Um, So I've always had an affinity for entertainment. Um, I just wasn't sure if I wanted it to be in front of or behind. And when I started, I loved being behind the scenes. Um, So I went to Howard University. From Howard, I interned at Violator Management. Violator Management, when I was there, was the company that was managing Missy Elliott, Busta Rhymes, Tweet, Noriega, Capone. Um, We had Diddy. We had Mariah. We had um, Macy Gray. You named them. If they were doing things in the industry between 2003 and I would say 2007, um, we had them. So that was really my start in the business. Um, And again, I even started at Violator Humble. I pretty much had to beg for the internship. I graduated from Howard and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I had a background in fashion, but I was like, I want to do entertainment. And um, Mona was like, Mona Scott Young at the time, she was like, I'm not looking for anyone right now. And I was like, you might not be looking for me, but you need me. And I was like, I see your office is a mess. I'm going to organize your office for you. And I'm going to show you why you need me. And literally, that's how I got into the entertainment industry. I was cleaning and organizing Mona's office. Um, And then I became her assistant's assistant's intern. Um, And kind of, um, you know, I worked. I worked hard. And from working hard, I, um, you know, you can't work hard and not be noticed. You know, no one had to tell me to get to work on time. No one had to tell me um, to leave. I left when the work was done. Um, And oftentimes it was Mona and I cutting off the lights at one, two o'clock in the morning. And again, I'm the assistant assistant intern. Um, So that was really my start in the industry. I'd say after about the first six months, um, after about the first six months, Mona noticed that um, I needed to be more involved with things outside of cleaning offices and going to get packages and cleaning bathrooms. And I started, um, you know, doing some day-to-day stuff with Missy. Um, Missy was kind of like my project. Um at the office and then doing day-to-day stuff with Busta, doing day-to-day stuff with all of the artists there. Um, Then we went on tour. We went on the Ladies First Verizon tour. And Mona was like, if you can master this tour with 
Beyonce, Missy, Alicia Keys, Tamia. Um, I think Little Mo was on a couple dates as well. She's like, if you can figure this world out, because Missy had 30 dancers, she was like, you'll be ready to be a junior manager. And, um, you know, from being an intern, I kind of became an assistant slash junior manager, and that was really the start of my role in entertainment. Yeah, and I got to give you your, your props, too, because you went from Howard University to interning to being named, if I got this correct, Billboard Magazine's top 30 executive, like one of the top 30 executives under 30. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so insane. And, and honestly, it yeah. started always. It's insane. Whenever I speak on panels, I'm always like, "But it first started with a no." Yeah. They said no. They weren't looking for any interns. And, and from there, my persistence was like, "You need me." So, you know, oh. I, I tell <laughs> young women all the time, present present a solution to the need. Everyone has a need. Yeah. Be the solution, and and in any room you walk into, they're going to need you. Yeah. 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 So if you, uh, if I heard you correctly too, like growing up, you didn't, never necessarily had any sort of like, you know, uh, this sort of like hardcore focus on music no, and entertainment is something that came to you at Howard, like after, like you were already in college. So what were you thinking about growing up? What was your like ideal profession when you were growing up? What did you think you, you know, you'd do? I know you mentioned fashion potential. So uh, I got, in high school, I got an internship with The Gap in their corporate office and um, working at The Gap. I felt like this is my job. You know, I was in Gap Merch. First, I was in Gap Public Relations. Then I moved over to Boys Merchandising. Then I was in Women's Merchandising. This is all throughout high school. By my senior year, um, I was going to go to, I I applied to a bunch of colleges. I was like, I probably can just afford a community college. Um, At that time, my mom and my dad were separating. And um, it was kind of like, what are we going to do? At my graduation, the Gap presented me with a scholarship. I had no idea this was happening. I was an average student. I worked well and hard at the Gap, but I was an average student. So to receive a scholarship to Howard University out the blue, it was like, what? I applied, but I applied to a bunch of HBCs, but I was like, I can't afford it. It's not going to happen for me. And they gave me a scholarship. So that was awesome. Um, So every year at Howard, um, in the summers, I went and interned at the Gap. But now I entered in the corporate office and I was a part of their retail management program, which was a program to train college students so when they graduated, they can come in at an executive level. So I just knew that this is now going on seven years of working for the Gap. I was going to work for the Gap. Um, yeah. I don't know what hit me my senior year, but I was like, I'm not going to work for the Gap. And um, I didn't even realize I have one earring in. Let me take this other one out. Um, so I decided that I was going to figure life out. And figuring life out led me to, well, first I thought I was going to go into law school. So I was like, okay, while I study for this pre-law, let me, um, and I want to do entertainment law. I was like, let me get an internship somewhere. And that's when I started begging for a job at Violator. I was literally begging. And um, I got hired, which is ironic though. After leaving Violator, um, about a year later, Mona was like, I want to start something else. Will you be my partner? So it started out with me begging. Then yeah. it made a full circle around to her coming to me and asking me to be her partner with a company called Mona Me Entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get into that um, just a little bit. I'm just curious to um, title the show is You Don't Know Me Yet, Music and Ent- Entertainment. Uh, and, uh, and so I'm wondering, when you were in that sort of 
you know, you don't know me yet, but you will, you know, that sort of persistence. Yes. Like, what were you telling yourself? Like, how did you keep yourself going when you got that no, you know, or when you were encountering so much, or like you even mentioned, you know, thinking about college, thinking about some of the hardships there, not even being able to afford it. Like, what were you telling yourself just to keep yourself motivated? I, I just felt like I was bigger than what I was experiencing. I don't know yeah. what was inside of me, but something was like, you're bigger than grant projects. You know, you're bigger than yeah. just being an assistance assistance intern. You're bigger than just, you know, holding Missy's bags on tour or running around making sure dancers have their per diem. There has to yeah. be more. And it's crazy because yeah. even now in, in, you know, I'm on Love & Hip Hop, I'm still like, there has to be more life than this. Like, I'm bigger, like, there's yeah. more than this. You know, so yeah. um, it, it was constantly feeling like there was more out there that I wanted to explore. And that was mm -hmm. always something that catapulted the next, like, experiment for me. A lot of this has been, like, me, like, experimenting. Like, let's see if this works. And then when it works, yeah. it's like, oh, snap, that works! <laughs> it works! <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it was really, it was that. Like, getting into, you know, the internship. I thought that I was going to go to law school. So I was like, let me get some internship background in entertainment because I've never been in that space. And then when I was one, so after I got accepted to the different law schools, uh, Mona was like, what do you want to do? She was like, you know, because I was like, yeah, one, you know, my acceptance letters are here. I got to figure out this transition to law school now. She was like, okay, we got this South Asian tour coming up with Missy. And, you know, I think Mona might have been pregnant at the time. And she was like, I'm having a baby. I need someone to go on tour. I know you want to go to law school. So you got to figure this thing out. Are you going to go to law school or you want to go on this tour? And I was like, uh... I'm going on tour. Um, and again, it was kind of like, well, I hope this thing works for me because, you know, we're going to see. And, um, you know, management worked. It worked for a very long time. It, it took me from Missy, you know, Busta. Then I started managing the diplomats. I broke off. I was, you know, working full time with Jim, working for Atlantic Records. And um, it worked for a very long time, very long time. I'm still a manager by day. I just... I'm very, very particular with who I choose to work with because management is a 24-7 job. Yeah. And I got 17 other jobs, so I can't just do that. Exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, and hot off the presses, y'all don't know this. Um, Yanni and I have a management deal now, so we locked in. Uh, and so, you know, this is an exclusive. Y'all are getting exactly, hot off the presses. Exactly. Call me exactly. if you need anything from him. I got you. I'll tell you exactly. what you Exactly. And vice versa, you know, because I got you. I got you. What was it like, though, you know, especially you go from behind the scenes, you know, and having these sort of established relationships with these like, you know, A-list celebrities to making it in front of the camera and transitioning to a show, um, granted, that already had its popularity. And then you go from, you know, the New York show to the Atlanta show. So talk about that sort of transition to being in front of the, the camera, but then also how you carved out your own niche and your own lane to be, in my mind, one of the most popular characters on that franchise. Well, I, I fought it tooth and nail. So when we first started the show, I got a development deal from my clients. I was managing Jim at the time. And I said, he's crazy. His mama a little crazy. Love her to death. And I was like, his girl is crazy. I'm putting the camera on them. Put a camera on them um, while we were on tour for a weekend. And because they would all come out on the tour bus sometimes. So I was like, I'm putting the camera on y'all. Crazy. So we, um, I took it and I pitched it to VH1. And the start of the show was called Keeping Up with the Joneses. And it was all about Jim and his family. 
After shooting for about seven months, um, I, I got a development deal. So we started to shoot it. We started to shoot the show. Real life started to happen to Jim. One of his artists, um, Stack Bundles, was murdered. Then another one of his artists, Max B, um, was sentenced to like 75 years in prison. Whoa. So, you know, with reality TV, it's not scripted, but it's very situational. So they'll say, okay, going to the funeral, we want Chrissy, you sit here. Jim Jones, you sit here. We're going to have, you know, his mom sit here. And then we're going to throw in the, And he's like, no, this is my real life. Like, I'm really going to somebody yeah. I love's funeral. I don't want, what if I don't want my mother in the car with me? What if I want my homies in the car? And they're like, no, 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 that's not going to work for the scene. So he was like, okay, after, you know, when that kept happening, he was like, I'm done. I'm not doing this no more. Yandy, hang it up. It's not happening. And I'm like, Jim, these people don't gave me their money to shoot this show. You don't get the yeah. right to tell me you're not shooting this show anymore. And I was like, oh my gosh. So that led to tears. And at this point, I was working at Atlantic Records. Um, but Mona and I were very close still. I, I maintained a great relationship with her. So I went, I'm like, Mona, I need a mentor, mentee conversation, help. And she's like, what's wrong? And I was like, so I have, I've been shooting the show. My client no longer wants to shoot the show. And I have a deal to shoot the show, you know? And um, she was just like, well, let's put our heads together. Let's figure out how we can save this. So at the time, she was pitching a show to, I want to say, We Network about women in hip hop. And I was yeah. like, well, I've been pitching this show. Maybe there's a way that we can combine the two, you know, and we can figure out how to use your deal to make this other show. And I was like, well, let's see. So, yeah. you know, I'm like, let's do it. Just make sure Jim and his family, Christy and his mom, they're the focal point. And then we can sprinkle in all of these other amazing women. And that is completely the birth of Love & Hip Hop. So first wow. season, I was behind the scenes, you know, doing story, doing casting, figuring out all this stuff behind the scenes. We put a show together and it was great. They loved it. So we were like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This one worked. So in shooting, getting into the second season, it was kind of like, there's a woman that's missing. We need a woman that isn't attached to a man. You know, at the time we had Emily that was attached to Fab. We had Chrissy that was attached yeah. to Jim. We had Olivia that was attached to G-Unit. And we were like, there, there's a woman out there that is in hip hop that got her stripes not being attached to a man, um, that worked hard. And we were interviewing different women. And Mona turns around to me like, well, why don't you do it? And I was like, no, Mona. I'm like, I don't wear makeup. I don't do my hair. I don't do my nails. I'm not doing it. And she was like, but just just come on as a B character. Just come on as gym manager so you can you can show that there are women that are doing this thing that, that got their stripes on their own. And I was like, okay, I'll come on once in a blue, you know, as gym's manager, and I'm leaving. Yeah. It just so happened that I was connected because I used, we used to manage Olivia when she was a part of G-Unit um, at Pilot, yeah. so she knew me. Of course, I knew Christy. I had worked with, um, I had just met Emily, but I had worked with Fab and Fab. So it was like, I was connected to so many, and then Mashonda, we knew Mashonda from management. So I wound up shooting scenes with more than just my client. And I'm like, what's happening here? I'm a B character, but y'all got me working more than everybody else. <laughs> so um, then it was a conversation like, okay, what do you want to do? Do you want to be a full-time character, you know, a cast member and, um, you know, trading your story room producer hat? What do you want to do? And I was like, let's talk about pay. Let's see what this money's yeah. like. And once we see what the money is like, exactly. we can talk about everything else. 
So when um, the money was something that was kind of undeniable for me, I was like, okay, I'll be a cast member. <laughs> um, so that was the start. It was it, it started there, and um, now twelve years later, I'm still here. The longest lasting female cast member on the show, uh, which is insane because, again, like my violator story, it started out with a no. It started out with Jim saying, nope, I'm not doing this right now. And now 12 years later, we are still here thriving. Yeah. And what's that like to, to literally go from, you know, people knowing who you are, but just to have this sort of like international fame. Like you, we were at an event together. You had people coming up to you asking for pictures, you know, it's just to, trying to be in your presence. I'm just always humbled by it because I'm, I'm so a regular girl. I'm just, a, I work every day. I raise my children. Uh, you know, I have a husband who I want to strangle sometimes, but I love to death. Um... <laughs> It, I'm so regular, so I'm always um, I'm always truly humbled by the people that are like, oh my gosh, you're an inspiration, or I've wanted to meet you, or you know, when you went through this, I went through this as well, and you helped me with this. It's humbling, and, and I'm just I'm thankful to still be in this position. Um, so many days I'm just like, I don't want to do this show anymore. <laughs> but then I'm just like, wait, there 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 is a woman out there that needs to see just a normal, regular mom that works, that's fighting for her relationship, fighting for her babies out here, that's fighting for justice. Like, there's so many regular people just like me that people need to identify with on TV. You know, everyone's not an artist. Everyone doesn't have, you know, the diamonds dripping into this and the that. And so I think that the reason why I've had such longevity on this show is because I'm just a regular girl in every aspect yeah. of the word. Um, and it's it's weird for me. Like when people ask me for pictures, I'm always like, okay, no problem, because it's I'm always like, like I understand why you want to take a picture with Beyonce. I understand why you want to yeah. take a picture with Usher. I'm just like I'm just like you, so I don't understand yeah. it. But okay, let's do it. Yeah. Well, again, co-signing on you, like I said, the best energy, so positive whenever we like interact, and so like I can co-sign. Yeah. Like, just a, a down-to-earth person where it's just like, you know, I would hang out with Yandy. You know, I want to be able to support her. Um, to that point, too, do you see, like, this this different... Obviously, like, you know, I've had my own experience with you and, and, and your, your positivity and your light. But just in terms of um, reality TV as a whole and how it gets that sort of negative rap. Like, how do you reconcile the two? Um, you know, I think that it's important for people to understand when they watch TV as a whole. It is for entertainment purposes only. And yeah. because, you know, we wear the title of reality, um, they feel like this is supposed to have some moral standing, moral obligation to the people that you are, in essence, performing for. Um, and the yeah. thing is, just like with rappers, you know, I remember Jim always said, when I rap, I don't choose to be a role model. I rap my life. Yeah. I rap what I see. And he's like, I'm not here to, to, to sugarcoat my life. This is what it is. And I think for a lot of people that are casted on the show, they are casted because they are entertaining. Whether it's, you know, Jocelyn and, you know, the strip club or Cabaret, or if it's Little Scrappy and his Shiznai and the Ace Feezy, like you can't even understand what he's talking about. They are casted because they are entertaining, right? No one looks at... Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Recall and says, I want to be like that character or that character yeah. should not behave this way because, you know, that character should not carry a gun and shoot 
because that's not right. Now, you can gauge like what your children should see, and that's exactly the lens that reality TV should be looked at. This is for entertainment. Maybe your children say, my children are not allowed to watch the show I'm on. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I think that um, people are so quick to point fingers because they look at it like we have a moral obligation. And I think that's a personal thing. I feel morally obligated to, to act a certain way. And it's not necessarily yeah. for the fans, but it's because there is a young girl out there that I want to feel like I want to be like her. And even if that young girl yeah. is Skylar, my daughter's name is Skylar. Even if that's that young girl, I have my other daughter, my foster daughter, her name is Infinity. Even if it's her, if they're like, I want to, I want to be, I want to be like her. That's a yeah. good enough reason for me to have some ethical code when I get out there and get on the show. People make me yeah. mad. People make me want to throw things. People have made yeah. me so mad that I have wanted to fight. And that's yeah. just real life. But I think the 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 beast in me is the peace in me because right. if I ever release the peace. They're going yeah. to see a beast, but it's so much harder for me to, you know, hold it in. And that's my beast mode when I'm just holding it when girls are just doing crazy things, saying crazy things. And I'm just like, yeah. I get you're here to entertain. So I'm going to not even get on your level and I'm going to just control this beast inside of me. Um, and, and I think that that's the thing. Like people have to look at TV from the eyes of this is for entertainment purposes. If they casted everybody yeah. that was like me, it would be a very boring show. Yeah. If they casted everybody that was like, you know, you you fill in the character, Stevie J, they would be like, this show is insane every day. I so I think that there needs to be a balance. And, yeah. um, you know, you got to look from the lens of this is for entertainment. Right, right, right. And one, uh, again, want to give you your props. You were able to take that uh, show, that premise, the entertainment, and like have so many different spinoffs. You know, I know um, you were active in uh, Lineage to Legacy. Like, there's so many yeah. different things that you're working with in terms of the development deals for VH1. But you mentioned, too, that you have 17 jobs, right? And so I know, <laughs> and I want to get into <laughs> everything that you're working on, because I want to, again, just make sure people understand that you are not just the TV star, but you're that entrepreneur. Uh, and like you mentioned, the management side, too. So you got the skincare line, you got your store, you're filming yeah. now uh, with VH1, you know, and then there was something that we were talking about even before... Uh, you know, we started recording about, you know, another entrepreneur venture. So I want, if you don't mind, just shedding some light on everything that you have, like coming down the pike uh, to make sure. sure that people are, you know, aware of it and that they can support it. Sure. So Yale Skincare is my baby. Um, my husband was gone for a little while. He was gone for four and a half years. And I went through a really dark, bad space. I went through like a, a little depression. And I think sometimes with trauma and the things you go through, um, there's also birth, right? And and in that moment, yeah. I had my daughter, Skylar, but I also yeah. felt like I needed something else to take my mind off the fact that my best friend was gone. So yeah. I um, started this business. I, I broke out really bad from the makeup from the show, not properly washing my face, and probably from stress as well. And I went into a local chain store, and I was like, I need something for this. I got hyperpigmentation. I got dark spots. I got dark eyes. I got, help me. And they just started throwing things in the basket. When I got to the register, it was a long line I waited on. When I got to the register, they're like, that would be $498. And I was like, hold on. Now I'm on a TV show. People know who I am, so I can't just be like, oh, that's too much for me. So I had to bite the bullet and pay for that. But I'm like, I'm a single mom, like so many other women out there right now. How can the average working single mom afford $498 for your 30-day supply of skincare, right? 
And I'm like, this this is not right. Um, so that was kind of the birthplace of Yale Skincare because I felt like there was a need for it to be reasonable, for it to be affordable. And then one thing I noticed when I was in the store as well, I, I didn't see myself represented. So I kept asking, are you sure this works for brown skin? Are you sure this works for me? Um, so when I saw that white space, I felt like, you know what, I'm sitting at home. I, when I'm not shooting the show, got my daughter, I can't really do much. Um, and I just started doing research. I started doing research about skin, about melanin, about, you know, what, what vitamins, what, what, what can we use to prevent this? What plants can be used? And then I decided to hire um, a holistic skincare esthetician. And we just got to work. We got to work with creating this line. And, um, you know, that, that was the birthplace of Yale Skincare. It came from me being in a very dark space. And I, I like to say it saved my, that and my daughter, Skylar, my son, Amir, it saved my life because I was able to devote so much time into this business because I wanted it to be successful and I wanted it to help women like me. Like I felt ugly. I felt like my skin was bad and it was, my skincare was directly attached to my confidence. And I wanted other women to be confident, you know, walking into a room feeling like their skin was beautiful. So I, I felt like this was a way of me making other people happy. Even if I wasn't necessarily happy right then and there, maybe I could make other people happy. So it was my mission to to create this line, to do that. So that, okay, so that was skincare. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. from skincare, sorry, I'm long-winded, so you can tell me if I'm talking too much. No, no, um, all good, all good. Uh, it, it was very successful quickly. Um, so we started out as e-commerce, and um, it, it did very well, more than I expected. I was like, you know, it should do it be a cute little skincare line, but it works. It's it's great. It works. It's affordable. People started telling their friends and telling some more friends, and people would say like, I want to come in. I want, and I'm like, I don't have a store. People were like hounding me for a store or hounding me for somewhere where they can go pick it up without waiting for shipping. And I was like, okay, let me make this store. So I have this store in Atlanta. People have flown in to just come to the store. And, and the store is beautiful. So they come in to take pictures. They come in to get their products. You know, they'll buy a bunch of stuff. And um, so that so now what we're doing is we're opening up stores. We have one here. We're doing one in New York. We're going to do one in Miami. Um, and then right next door to my store in Atlanta, there was a location on the corner that's a flagship location. It was open. And um, I was like, you know what? I want to I, I want to do more. And I got that space. So now I'm opening up a restaurant. Um, and hopefully, fingers crossed, it will be opened on my birthday, March 19th, 2022. Um, that is the goal. So we are working on that. Um, and then also, I just recently got a new development deal with VH1. So actually, my development deal is with CBS. So it's a CBS owns Viacom, which owns VH1. So I have a, a kind of an overall network deal, and I'm working on some really amazing stuff, and I'm excited. So get ready to see some new shows um, from me, but I, I won't be on them. I'll be on the producing side and the creating side. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And then, you know, it's Women's History Month, and so, like, with everything that you have going on with the kids, you got the husband, you got new businesses, you got existing businesses. How do you balance it all, you know, especially while you're in the public spotlight, too? So I don't. I don't balance it all. I think that the thought of it, things being balanced is a myth and it's a lie. And I, and we, I, I suffered from mommy guilt for a very long time because I thought that there should be a balance. I thought that my children should get equal amount of time as 
work, as equal amount of time as school, as equal amount of time as God, as equal amount of time as the restaurant. As, and there's not enough hours in the day for that. It's just not, right? Yeah. But what I figured out how to do is prioritize. So some yeah. days I have to be okay with work getting 70% of my time. And unfortunately, husband's baby's family gets 30%. That that's literally my job today. I started out earlier this morning and I have, uh, I'm have i here with you. Then I have a meeting at three and then I have to shoot later on tonight at five. And that's going to be until, I won't even see my babies until they're sleeping, unfortunately. So there's no balance. You just have to prioritize. And then for women, we have to be okay with releasing the mommy guilt because after it's all said and done, the goal is for us to be able to provide a life and a lifestyle for our children, for our families um, that, that we deserve, you know? And, and that's kind of how I combat the mommy guilt. Um, yeah. But I think that we have to dismiss that feeling of it has to be a balance. The balance is prioritizing and the balance is being okay with Sometimes this gets a little more than that and, and, and just being okay with that. Important words from uh, my new friend, Yandy Smith-Harris. Uh, thank you again uh, <laughs> for joining us no and congratulations problem. on everything. Like I said, I got to give you your props. Uh, and granted, don't thank go anywhere just you. yet. Okay. Oh, no worries, no worries. Don't go anywhere just yet. We're going to play a round of Fast and Furious, so stay tuned. We'll be right back with Yandy. At Walmart, we're making it easy to get everything you need to go all in and all out, all season long. And with fast delivery in two hours or less, your holidays could sound like this. Okay, spice chestnut candles, check. Snowman throw pillows, check. And a few hours to spare before the fam gets here. Or even like this. Charcuterie board with fresh prosciutto? I guess my girl did pick the right guy. Get all the groceries, gifts, and more for a holiday they won't forget. And joy fully. Walmart. Delivery fees and restrictions apply. All right, and we are back with Yandy Smith-Harris here to play Fast and Furious. Yandy, all I need you to do is respond to these questions, these props, whatever is top of mind to you. Some of it is entertainment related, some of it is more personal. Whatever pops into your head, are you ready? Okay. I hope so, let's go. <laughs> Favorite music artist? Ah, I'm so many! Right now, Queen Naja. I like her grind. Awesome. Uh, favorite reality TV moment? Oh my gosh. It would have to be when Stevie J gave a ring to Mimi and Jocelyn at the same time on the same day. Okay, first record you ever bought? Bobby Brown. Which one? That was um, my tenderoni. She's my <laughs> she, But it was the whole album. I bought um, Bobby Brown. Yep. It's my prerogative. Okay. It was actually a cassette <laughs> Cassette that doesn't make you mad. No, we, we are close enough in the same age that uh, don't, don't think oh, you're old. We're, I'm like, we're here. We're here. Nah, are we all good. All good. What's your uh, your favorite song? My favorite song. Um, One of my favorite songs that I listen to all the time is a song called Still by Tamia. Um, favorite. Y'all should look it up. Uh, it's all about staying in love with the same man. She's been, she was in love with her husband at that time for 15 years. That was actually my wedding song my, when I did my vow renewal. Yeah, it's a beautiful mm -hmm. song. First concert you ever attended? First concert. Um, I'm sure it was at the Apollo. Who was performing? I've seen so many acts at the Apollo. You know, that was right down the block from my house. Um, who? Maybe New Edition at the Apollo? Okay. Proudest accomplishment. You've got like 17 jobs, so I know you got a lot. My babies. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, three things. Oh, say it again. I'm sorry. I said because that is an accomplishment for sure. <laughs> um, three things most people wouldn't know about you. I love sleepovers. 
Um, I'm an amazing cook. Like, okay. I could be a okay. chef. Super okay. good cook. Um, what else? I feel like they know everything. Um, I was a waitress and a bartender for a very long time, right before I got into entertainment business. Gotcha, which is going to come in handy with your new restaurant, just in case. You guys already got exactly. that experience. Exactly. Um, biggest misconception about you? Um, that I'm bougie or that I'm Hollywood. I guess, you know, being on the show that I'm on, when I'm just like, mm, I'm not getting into that. It comes off like I yeah. think I'm better than, which I'm the most humble, cool, down to earth. I'm not bougie at all. Awesome. Okay, three more. Um, best okay. advice you've ever gotten? Um... Best advice I would say is to push past the nose. Um, I've gotten a lot of nose in this business, and every time I've not stopped at that closed door but found a crack or found a window, it was a greater experience waiting on the other side. So I think push past the nose, because when I got that first no, I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> but when I was told, push past it, you got this, just, just find another way in. And I did that. That has just been my model through everything. Just push past it and find another way. Gotcha. And then we always uh, try to shine a light on either seasoned artists who we think don't get enough love or up-and-coming artists who more people should know about. So uh, in your estimate, who fits that criteria? Who's someone that more people should know about so we can go ahead and, and hype them and give them some love to? Okay, so because I'm working with them, Queen Naja, who is, you know, I have legacy favorite artists, but our, her grind is amazing. Um, her story is amazing, where she came from, um, and just her persistence and wanting to be a power player in this business is insane. And she's been able to have Billboard top tens every single time she drops a record. So that is awesome. So she's one of my new favorites. Um, but someone that I also feel like does not get there just do that is incredible is India Irie. She is, she's always been one of my favorites. Um, she's incredible. And she just put out an album last year, I want to say. I didn't hear it played enough on the radio. Um, and she's amazing. She's an amazing poet. She speaks, she, she just speaks life into relationships, into the beauty of womanhood, the beauty of naturalness. Um, so I would love for her to be even on a bigger platform than she is. Yeah. Well, Miss Yandy Smith-Harris, uh, thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure. I know we're going to try yes. to stay close, stay connected on everything that Absolutely. you're doing, your new restaurant. Yeah, yeah and then just make so sure. When you get down here. Okay. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Uh, don't forget to check out uh, Yandy, of course, on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Uh, make sure that you check out her store. Make sure you check out her skincare line. Everything that she's doing when her restaurant is open, make sure that y'all stop in and show a love, um, not just to yes. Black-owned businesses, but a Black-owned female business and just someone yes. who's trying to do something positive in the community. So again, thank you, uh, Yandy, so much. And of course, we're going to stay connected. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was fun. You're listening to the You Don't Know Me Yet Podcast Network.